Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Will here at Schedule Fly. This was a fun episode, a long one, with Oscar Diaz. Oscar is executive chef at Cortez Seafood and Cocktail in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, and he and business partner Charlie Ibarra uh, first opened Jose and Sons to massive success, and then Cortez came after that. And Oscar's a fun guy. Uh, we had a great time. In fact, you won't hear where my batteries ran out halfway through, but they did. I was able to edit that part out. Uh, but the batteries ran out, grabbed some other ones, stuck them back in there. We kept going, and we had to cut it off um, towards the end again because the batteries were running low. <laughs> and so lesson learned. I had some old batteries I stuck in there. But the point is, uh, this is a long podcast. It's a long conversation. It's a really good one and an interesting one. And we go into everything from Oscar's backstory to you know his parents are immigrants from Mexico. So he's a first generation American. And he talked about what that means and, you know, times in his life when he's portrayed himself as Mexican, times when he's portrayed himself as, you know, American and how he learned to really to become, you know, his own person and uh, not be one or the other, but be both. And now he's a Southerner. He's down in Raleigh and um, he's got a really cool menu. He combines, you know, basically just he and Charlie and the group there, they you know, he finds things that he likes, and that may uh, sometimes surprise people. So it may be that you go to a, you know, Mexican seafood and cocktail place, and you've got butter beans on the menu, and um, it's a bit of a surprise, and then you eat them, and you're like, these are fantastic. So what Oscar has done is he's he's created a menu that works well for him and that he relates to. And he uses a lot of local seafood. Man, he's just awesome. So he's fun. He's got a great attitude. He's positive. He's upbeat. He's got a lot of energy. And we had a great time. So did I mention he's a James Beard Award nominee? I think I did. But in case I didn't, he is. And that was a big deal to him. And he talked about that. So y'all have a good one. Thanks. See ya. I'm a, I'm a lucky dude. I'm sitting here at the bar at Cortez with Oscar Diaz. Uh, Oscar was nominated this year uh, as a semifinalist for the James Beard Award for Best Chef in the Southeast. He's the executive chef partner at Cortez and Jose and Sons here in Raleigh, who are which are just have incredible reputations if you're not from Raleigh or not from the area. Badass places. Uh, and... Uh, I'm stoked, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Hey, no, no problem. I'm excited. Okay. So, as I was telling you, I read up a little bit. You you grew up in Chicago, spent summers in Mexico, and you you were in, in Las Vegas uh, as a chef for a while, Los Angeles, and now you're here. So, let's start in Chicago, man. Tell me about how you got dialed into the world of cooking. You know, <clears throat> in Chicago, I actually didn't even start cooking. I mean... I cooked like at home with my parents. I think my parents were your are, parents from Mexico, or yeah, what? my okay. parents are originally from Mexico. Uh, okay. They're both from the same town in Mexico. It's a, uh, it's in Jalisco, but it's closer to Aguascalientes than it is to Guadalajara. I feel okay. like everyone's more familiar with Guadalajara than Aguascalientes, but we're from a small town out there. But uh, yeah, from a young age, uh, my father moved to the states. I think he was in LA for a little bit, and then uh, ended up in Chicago, and then that's where we come in. Um, my brothers and I were all born in Chicago, and yeah, I never started cooking there. I mean, I just they're they're fantastic home cooks. I got I got to put that out there. Just recently, I was visiting, and uh, I guess I never really film what we do, but a lot of our time revolves around the kitchen. Yeah, uh, and my parents just like remodeled their house, like made this awesome kitchen, and 
I uh, put them on Instagram, <laughs> like cooking, and I can't believe how much feedback I got from that. Like like positive feedback. Everyone's like, "Oh, your parents look like they can cook." Like my dad made this little spoon with a hole in it to peel cactus, and but it was weird because I'm like, "Oh, you know," even though I didn't formally cook when I was in Chicago, I was around a really good home where people cooked. Like you know, we ate yeah. homemade meals daily, and my parents are both into cooking. So my mom would they're like a little team, you know. It's like chef and sous chef. So I don't know who would put who Dude, where. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, you learned through osmosis. And like, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I was just always fond of I mean, my mom would send me to the store and stuff, and she preferred to send me to the store than yeah. my bro- older brother. Your brothers, yeah? I have two brothers. I have okay. an older brother uh, and a younger brother. Okay. Um, I'm the middle son. And uh, But it's funny. My mom would be like, I like sending you. She's like, you you were slower. You'd take a long time because I'd like stop by, pick up a friend or something. <laughs> and like use that as like a little field trip. But uh, she's like, you were really good at picking out vegetables and tomatoes and all that stuff. Yeah. Versus my older brother, he was like real quick, but like he would just get whatever. Just and, whatever. Like, and I would take my time. And I don't know where that came from. I mean, I just, you know, I enjoyed food. I didn't know at the time. I went to college and everything. Yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> um, yeah, Chicago, I didn't really have any for- any formal experience whatsoever. I decided to go to uh, Las Vegas. I was always kind of a transient person. Um, I had gone to military school from a young age as well. I went to Le Mans Academy and Culver Military Academy in Indiana. Okay. So I was always away from home. So I think when I got out of college and I was like working, like I wasn't really happy uh, with what was going on. I didn't like my job, and I did a couple of different things. And I just decided I want to I want to start cooking. And I figured I'm just gonna go as far away as I can, and like let's go. Fi- you know, I want to. I want to see if I can make it away from home with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how Vegas happened, honestly. I, I think I went online and I just like put in, um, <clears throat> I just put in like culinary school or something like that. And then next thing I know, I'm getting an email. Like it was really like I got hacked or something. <laughs> like that school was like, Psh, you Googled culinary school, and then like they were sending me all these emails. And next thing I know, I'm signed up to go to school. Uh, which I'll go ahead and say it. I usually try to be like chill about it, but Le Cordon Bleu. Um, and it was a uh, it was kind of a horrible experience it was like yeah they were real really qu- they, well yeah i mean you know <clears throat> i'm not against higher education and all that i'm not against people that go to i hear the cia and all that's great so i'm not gonna sit here and say every uh trade school is bad like that but the cordon blue is kind of a bad experience for me i mean it was great because it got me out to vegas and it got my career started but other than that it was pretty tough um they were quick to collect money and then i just felt the classes were just i mean for the money you were paying like it was just a really poor education we had to take computer classes and stuff like that yeah and they were just so like grammar schoolish you know and i'm just like i'm not That's gonna go through this i didn't know they had i mean they're bigger like they're over in paris and yeah so they had a whole bunch here and, and it's funny um <laughs> this is the first time i ever Are they still put, here no so that's what okay. we get to this when is, were you there how long oh man this is like 15 16 years ago so okay. what what happened is i got there took like the first course i'm like okay this seems kind of weird you know it's and it just the whole i'd been to amazing schools since high school you know so i'm like yeah i've had like a great education i'm just like i just didn't feel that this was worth it yeah and like yeah you get to cook and all that but it's you know i, I could tell right away i'm like i need to just get in the restaurant so i dropped out <clears throat> immediately it was like three weeks in and i'm like i'm done. really yeah i mean i was just like i, I wasn't gonna, i had did no you get uh was this your, how did you pay for it was it your money or yeah it was my money and so you just, like i well yeah you one you know once you take a loan you know uh but anyway so yeah i had paid for it and i was like you know what forget it i'm dropping out i dropped out it was like a no-brainer for me i was like there's no way in hell i'm gonna sit through this you know every day and then it was weird it was like a daycare you know it was a bunch of young kids i'm like I wasn't necessarily old at the time. I mean, I was still pretty young myself, but I just felt like this is weird. Yeah. So I dropped out and uh, I just started applying at the best restaurants. And uh, 
I got really lucky. I can't say that I, I, I was working at one little tiny fish like fry place for a little bit because they were just like I didn't want to go work in a different field. Yeah. I figured, hey, I'm here in Vegas. I want to start cooking, so I'm not gonna go get a job like at you know Best Buy or something like that. Like I'm right. not just trying to get by on a job. So I was like, let me just get right into it. So I took a job at this little like fry, fish fry place. I forgot the name of it. It was a horrible experience, but like within a week, I just needed something to start paying me. But like within a couple of weeks of having that job, someone told me, "Hey, they're hiring over here." So I went to a restaurant called Lutes initially. To I got hired, and the, my first day I started, the Venetian Casino bought them out. So like, wow! I, I just literally showed up, put on a uniform, went upstairs. We had a meeting. And they're like, "Uh, we're we're that's it." You know, thank y'all for everything. And I was like, "Damn, uh, one!" I finally made it one day, and then they closed up on us. So. The, the funny thing is that out of that, that day, which seems strange to me, I think it was just like, you know, luck, good luck uh, took over. But uh, everybody that worked there was like super sad. Obviously, they just lost their jobs, all the sous chefs, everybody. And they all went out drinking. And while we're drinking, we we're having a good time, you know, Vegas and the casino, just whatever. And uh, this one guy who was the sous chef there said, hey, my brother's a sous chef at Alizé, at top of the Palms Casino. It's his twin brother. This is a... Uh, the von Stodden's actually Peter von Stodden passed away. I knew him very shortly. This is the only time I met him, and I mean, man, thank you. Uh, because he sent us to Alize. Sent uh, when I say us, it was myself and my roommate at the time, Brandon. And so we went to Alize, and yeah, they hired us right away. And we were like the the youngest, like dumbest cooks there. Like I don't know yeah. why they didn't they didn't go get a job themselves there, but they sent us. And yeah, we were. I was hired at the Palms Casino. So this is all happening pretty fast. Like I. Yeah. I get to Vegas, next thing I know, and then, you know, the the style of food that they're doing there is like, you know, it's kind of classic French, but it, I mean, high technique, high, like, it was no joke, you know, <clears throat> so I got it Rapid in quick. learning curve. Well, yeah, I, I got in and quickly I learned that I was nobody <laughs> in the cooking field, um, but it was, I think it worked for me. I always kind of go back to this, like, it was a little bit tough, you know, a lot of, like, getting on you, it was very, very direct, like, if you didn't know anything, they're like, just get the fuck out of the way type situation yeah yeah sorry i don't know no 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 that's fine dude no, go right all right ahead. um but um pretend like we don't have the mics like you and i are just sitting at the bar here all right cool we, cool. Could, we could get a beer if you want or something <laughs> no, wait i mean if you want one i got you but uh it's a little too early for me um but uh yeah so i mean you know it was really tough there it was brigade system you know eventually they got a michelin star as well so i mean i i walked into like a real, Legit, real yeah. official kitchen with, like, just the way everyone worked. I mean, there was things that was completely out of my league. Things I'd never even eaten. Things I didn't know. I remember the first time I tasted a truffle. I remember the first time I tasted a foie gras. Like, chef came up to me. Uh, at first, it was Chef Von Stodden, which was actually another brother of the guys who sent me the twins that were sous chefs. Yeah. Their older brother was the exec chef at the time. And then later on, uh, Mark Purdy became our chef. And he really kind of, you know, unofficially was my mentor because I knew nothing about food. So... If I'm learning everything from this person, I'm like, oh, this is like, you know, this is sensei. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I remember one time he was like, oh, you got to try this. And it was like, you know, foie gras terrine. I've never, I don't know what a terrine is. is. Yeah, <laughs> I, exactly. I'm like, what the hell is a terrine and what the hell is foie gras? Like, but I'm, you know. I'm, they would have taught you that in that classroom. At, at, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we would have made some really poor terrine. Um, oh, God, that's funny. I don't know what they would do in those classes. But uh, anyway, so. I like tasted and honestly, like I gotta say that the first not that it wasn't good, but my palate wasn't ready for that. Like I had yeah. no clue what the hell it was just like I mean the foie terrine, I love it now. I couldn't believe I didn't like it then, but I remember he I put it in my mouth and I'm like and I I don't wanna like spit it out in front of him or anything. 
And he's like, shit's bomb, ain't it? And I'm like, mm, love it. Reminds me of nothing I've ever eaten in my life. Like, I have no point of reference with this shit. Um, That's interesting because your palate's not, your pa- it's like your body is like going, wait a minute, foreign flavor. Yeah, texture, not flavor. Good. And, and then you realize like, oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, later on, so it was funny because I, one of the guys that was working there kind of saw me and he's like, you didn't like that shit. And I'm like, because all he did was put a little salt and olive oil and it was like really intense. Like, I mean, it's a flavor you never have. It's like liver. I've never had it. Yeah, it's it's wild. And so he's like, you got to try it with like a little bit of uh, balsamic reduction and this. And he kind of like set it up later and I tried it again. And I was like, oh, snap, like fat, salt. And I started like little by little putting things together. And then I remember also he shaved the truffle and he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, here, like these bomb ass truffles I just got. Literally, I to this day, whenever anyone asks me, like, that's never had it, like, like, what is a truffle like? I'm like, okay, I'm going to take you back to my first experience because that I, I had never had it at that point, too. <laughs> yeah. It tasted like a thinly, thinly shaved little piece of cardboard dipped in, like, gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's one of those weird things. Like, I didn't like it necessarily either. I was like, this is a mushroom? I'm like, that is nowhere near a mushroom texture I've ever had in my life. Yeah. that The flavor, I'm like, is absolutely wild i'm like that's straight what is that like diesel you know like i'm like this is crazy um but again i then i explained to people also how like it's kind of like the first time you have blue cheese maybe where you're like wow that's pungent and maybe don't like it and then as years go by and you start enjoying it you're like yo i want like the stinkiest blue cheese or like you know what i mean like i'm like a yeah yeah, sure i want the the stinkiest one or whatever not necessarily stink but you know the most pungent and that's what it was with like truffles too and all that. I'm like, oh, now I understand these flavors. Like now I can see why yeah. someone wants so much shaved on top. And then, uh-huh. you know, so it, Vegas did that for me. Vegas just kind of kicked my ass. And, you know, it was a crazy place, crazy space. Like I, I was young. I, you know, I don't know what was in my mind at the time. I wasn't planning. I mean, obviously I wanted to be a chef to a certain extent. But like you almost don't believe. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was like, I don't know if this shit's ever going to happen for me. I'm like. Right. I'm sitting here just seeing how good everyone is at what they do and I'm just like the one getting yelled at every day, you know. I'm yeah, like, you're not sitting there going 15 years from now, James James Beard Award semifinalist oh, like hell no. I mean, I not you're not, just like not even a couple years I gotta ago. get to this shift, like get to the day and not like get, you know, fired or get yelled at or, <laughs> you know. That those were priorities. Those were literally priorities. It was like Yeah, man. Um don't get yelled at priority number one because then your day is going to be shit like your your month's probably going to be shit like once you know once you fuck up a little bit it's like i don't know if it was a a a point that the chef that chef would make or if it was just easier to like ride one person and then kind of set the tone for everyone else like through Uh, that person as an example and and i think unfortunately for me i took i took ass whoopings really well you know like i take them on the chest and then every now and then i crack a little joke and like I remember one time my first it's a good show. quality. That's a good. That's oh yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's because you're the second kid, man. Like, yeah, you had, like, you had it on both ends. You're like, all right, screw this. Yeah, I'm, I was like, I'm tough. The whipping boy. I'm like, go ahead, lay it on me. I got it. But uh, it was cool. And I remember one time my sh- uh, chef Mark Purdy was told me like, like, I think I had, like I had a couple weeks where like you know my attitude was a little bit down or whatever. Like I was having personal problems or whatever maybe. And he came up to me and he, I thought he was going to like, you know, possibly fire me or something. Cause I knew my attitude was kind of shit at the time. And, uh, he came up to me and he's like, Hey man, he's like, I need you to get back to the way you were. He's like, you really were the one kind of holding the kitchen together with like humor and shit like that. And I remember being like, the fuck? I'm like, I don't get paid extra for to like up, keep up the morale for everybody, you know? But it was weird. Cause I think yeah. now that I look back, I kind of see some little, 
little nuggets of information that maybe people were dropping on me that I, I wasn't realizing is like a good quality to have. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't yes. realize that I like in a sense, he was like, yo, we kind of need you to be that guy. Yeah. So that we can keep our sanity back here in this crazy world that we live in where we're just like come in pressured. Like it's like a it's every day you come in and it's like clock, you know, the clock starts the timer. And then it's like a race. It's like a race to like not get yelled at, not fuck up, and then be like the best you can do, and then you know clean up everything, and then get out, and then you know yeah. it's Vegas, so go wild out for a little bit, yeah, and then come back and do all that shit again. So like that 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 you know hamster on a wheel syndrome can kind of like kill you, and then to have someone come in and just like always kind of be because I was always cracking jokes. Like that's what I think attracted me a lot to the kitchen as well was like. It wasn't like most jobs where you're just quiet, you know, yeah. you have to sit yeah. there and type or whatever, you know. You, like. you got to have that mentality. We, be, we we do that because we care and we it, it, it makes it like we beat each other up, but it's because we like each other. And, yeah. we, you know, he was telling you how valuable you were, right? He was telling you like you're like, which is such an important thing. Young like that is make yourself invaluable. And that's what he was saying. Like you're you're the you know that's yeah, huge it, 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 i remember because it's funny i left work and i was kind of pissed because i was like you know i was telling like one of my other i think my roommate at the time he worked with us as well and i was like yo you can't believe what i heard today he was like i need you to like be in a better morale because you like if you go down everyone's morale goes down and if you're like in a good yeah. mood then everyone's in a good mood and i'm like i'm like i don't get paid extra and you know so yeah he's telling me my value but at the same time i'm like can i get a little extra right, value right, right, you know right, right, yeah. because that was part of the hardest part of cooking aside from like you know, just just even learning how to use a knife. I mean, I was dumb. Like, I was dumb. Like, I didn't know how to sharpen a knife. I didn't know how to use a knife. I didn't know, like, what knife was for what. Like, psh, I was like, whatever. I'd grab a tomato, like, uh, I mean, a, you know, like a bread slicer or whatever. Yeah. You know, I didn't care. I was like, I don't, I didn't know anything. So, you know, it's weird. Like, and the beauty that I always, you know, or at least I'm always thankful that I landed in that intense place because so many times I wanted to quit. Like, not not quit just kind of like give up like just go home yeah and like just get under some sheets you know what i mean like, it's a lot just, yeah like, nap and i'm like oh god that was crazy but you know every day that you don't you're like well i've gone too far now to like just turn back so but i was lucky like i said because i felt the way they the the ruthlessness of those kitchens and the way they were so direct really i needed that if it was some pushover kitchen where i can start maybe using my gift against me where i'm like controlling the morale making a place shitty and all that there was no way that was going to happen there like someone had control uh and it forced me to learn fast and get good and and i was like i just want to be i I don't want to have problems so as soon as i learned that if you do things right and you know you're not pissing anyone off then i can focus on just keeping the morale up next thing i know it's like a really good network like i i don't know i mean i'm sure they had great cooks and all that after we left and all that but for a moment there i you know the team was really solid like we're really tight-knit team so i don't know that was that was my first cooking experience in vegas and i mean i just stayed at that restaurant and then eventually um i went i wanted to leave i went to los angeles um and then i now had a chip on my shoulder i was like oh i'm pretty good you know Ah. i keep i keep the morale together yeah and uh the funny thing is i got to la and um i went to work at uh the patina group and right away like i just fit right in as well there was a, a sous chef his name was santiago and he was from uh from spain but he lived in mexico for a long time so we had a lot of similarities just through mexico uh and so we would just speak spanish whatever and he was amazing too so i, I started learning a lot from him he was really into molecular gastronomy he just he knew a lot he had worked at arsac he worked at some of the best restaurants in spain so i was like i'm gonna stick to, next to him and learn 
as much as I can and, you know, keep going from there. So it was pretty cool, too. Again, another Michelin star restaurant. Got to work up through the ranks there. Um, I got, like I said, I just got really lucky with uh, with all the people I got to work with. I was pretty blessed. I mean, and again, rough kitchen. Um, but I felt it was kind of the same dynamic there. Like, we're, like, it was unspoken. No one ever told me. But, like, if I'd come in and I was in a bad mood, it's kind of like we had, like, a bad service. And then if I was, like, pushing in between Santiago and myself, we were always pushing everybody, everybody to, like, do more and then we started getting into the whole thing of like making staff meal between him and us and butchering all the meats and all the fish and like we were basically just trying to do all the work of the restaurant as like between it was like a like a challenge like how much can we get done and then next thing you know we're making mole for family meal and like really complex dishes because that's where like that's going to show how badass we're like we're trying to one-up each other you know we're trying to like yeah you're competing yeah, yeah. we're competing like in a sense but like as a team we're kind of working together but we also kind of want to show like hey uh, watch this. Like, I'm going to do all this today. And then at the end, I'm like, yo, I even made mole. I made this. We sat down and had a break. You know what I mean? Like, so it really, really cleaned up my skills. I think that's where I kind of finessed myself. Like, I went from being, like, just learning to getting pretty good at, like, the basics to then now finessing, like, how to work around the kitchen, how to, like, really maneuver, really run things, really, like, you know, just be in command. So, and then... Um, so where was it? Oh, they, that was Los Angeles. Then I, I was really feeling myself for a second. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I need my own thing. I yeah. need an adventure on my own. Yeah. So I left, and I was trying to get a couple exec chef, exec chef jobs out there, but uh, the timing was really bad. I, I always bring it up. It was like the recession at the time. Oh, this is like 08, yeah. 09, somewhere around then? Hmm? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you can you can say it. <laughs> it smells like weed in here doesn't it oh dude that's hilarious <laughs> that's weird whatever they're cooking smells like i'm like that's not a it's not brown butter uh <laughs> whatever um <laughs> hey man whatever whatever does a job that's what makes our food so good uh <laughs> i'm gonna leave here feeling really God, good. i feel really good and relaxed and cool man. <laughs> um yeah, so I, I was feeling myself, but the job market got real thin, and I wasn't uh, paying attention to anything. That you know, that's one thing that I'll say. Like as as good of a cook or whatever it is that I thought I was, um, chef, whatever I felt myself at the moment, I, I didn't know anything about like reading the market. I didn't really know too much about like going to the farmers market, getting stuff. I didn't know how to like. I didn't even know we were like in a recession. I didn't know there was like less jobs. You were just doing your thing. Yeah, I was just stuck yeah. in this world where you're yeah, working blinders on. six days a week. Yeah. You know, 14, 13 hours a day. Yeah. So you kind of, you kind of just become a weird person. Like, I mean, I didn't go to Christmas dinners or Thanksgiving. Like you, you don't do any of that. You know, you get off that night and maybe hang out with a couple friends. So, it's weird. You, you you're like a alien a little bit. Like you have, I'm. Yeah. You, know, you go to the store during the daytime on your day off, and you're like, wow, I forget there's like normal people doing shit like all day. You know, yeah. you're like, yeah, this is weird. I'm usually like nighttime, like you know, 24 hour Harris Teeter or whatever, and like there's nobody there. I get my stuff, and now I'm waiting in line. I'm like, this is strange to me. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't think about like, oh, we're in a recession, so nobody was really handing out any kind of job, and if they were, it was like not good pay. And I'm like, man, maybe I made a mistake. Mm. So I went to Chicago. Went back home, uh, figured I would try to work there. Uh, Stars at a couple places. They were like, you know, really offering nothing. And I was just, I remember my first chef told me, like, never take a step back. You know, either you're going to get more money or you're going to get a better position. 
Um, so I was like, that makes sense to me, you know? And I'm like, they're not giving me a position and they're giving me less money. I'm not going to do that. So <clears throat> I randomly met some people and they were opening a restaurant. Told them I'd do it. I actually went through a soft opening, but then they started saying weird stuff like, hey, are you cool if we like don't pay you? couple weeks and then we pay you a couple weeks later and i'm like no that's absolutely (laughs) not fucking cool uh that's the exact opposite of cool i'm like how about you pay me a couple months ahead of time i'll be cool shit with that you know what i'm saying like but no i'm sorry i'm not gonna work for free i mean it's just not setting a good precedent and you know again now having learned that i didn't know anything about restaurants like i thought i did i was like well i need to start making assumptions for my own that are as good as they can be you know make my best assumption and stuff and i'm like you know, I, if I'd have just been focused on like, oh, because I did kind of feel like that. I kind of felt like being like, sure, because I had faith in myself, right? But I'm like, I could double down on myself, but I'm not in control of this project. Right. Someone else is. So me doubling down on me means that I have to double down on them as well. Yeah. And I'm not willing to take that risk with them because I felt like if they give me a chance in Chicago to make this food that I want to make in this restaurant, like, I'm going to blow this shit up for him. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I you know. Can I pay you in a couple weeks? I'm like, I'm already broke, man. Like, right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I need money. Like, I, how the hell do you think I'm getting the work and stuff, you know? So, man, I, I really tried to make it work with him. Just didn't happen. And then that's when I got the call uh, from my homie who I had worked with in Las Vegas. He came to North Carolina. What brought him here? I have no fucking clue. But I'm glad whatever did bring him here brought him here because he hit me up. And it was really, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. Like, I was coming home kind of head down from that you know that whole experience yeah literally like the from the day where i'm like you know got in an argument with that owner i'm like dude like you, you need to come up with money somewhere you know what i'm saying like just to pay me i'm like just pay me like and and i'll i'll make sure that like me and pay the staff pay the kitchen staff like get, like give me three people two people whatever the fuck and we can run this shit and uh he's like no you don't know how this shit works and da da and i'm like man i don't know how this shit works i'm like you act like i don't know what working and getting paid is you know what i'm saying so yeah i'm like there's one thing i know is that and i'm like and anyway so i'm leaving that place and like i told all the people that were working there i was like hey guys like this guy has no paychecks for any of us and i was like you i don't want to hold you guys here any longer i think y'all should leave look for some other jobs if you need recommendations i guess put me down but like no one knows who the fuck i am in chicago anyway but i'm like put me down i'll you know i'll vouch for y'all and they were all kind of like upset like you mean we've been working here for two weeks and we're not gonna get paid i'm like yo i just found this shit out too you know yeah um, so i'm um and they were like all pissed at me i mean i don't know where those kids are anymore i kept in contact with zero of them but i'm like if they're listening my bad bro <laughs> like i'm sorry like they were upset they were all like yeah, fuck man not like, your fault though I mean, it, it wasn't but it did suck because we were doing i mean it was crazy um so i'm going home i'm like literally not even taking the bus at this point because i was taking a bus back and forth I, I didn't have a car out there or anything so I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not even taking the bus. I'm just going to walk my ass home because I got a lot in my head right now. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, you know? So I'm, I'm walking, and I literally get right to my house, and my my buddy Tabaris, who's now North Carolina, he hits me up, and he's like, hey, man, I'm in I'm in Raleigh. I, at this point, I don't know anything. I know where Raleigh is, man. I'm, I'm calling it Rally. I'm not even going to lie. I was like, Rally? <laughs> I'm like, uh, isn't that that burger place? Um, but, uh, yeah, he's like, I'm in North Carolina. I'm in Raleigh. He's like, you should come out here, man. It's pretty cool. Like, I got to, you know, if you want to come out here, help us put up this menu. He's like, we got a full kitchen. We can do whatever the fuck we want. He's like, I'd love to have you out here. Like, let's just do what we want. And I was like, you, I mean, that was like the best sounding thing at that point. You know, I'm like, are you kidding me? I get to have a venue where I get to do whatever the hell I want. So when, how, how long ago was this? 
This is about eight years ago now. Eight years Almost, ago, okay. it's, a, it's going on nine. I need to really get my dates straightened out because I get asked okay. these questions so much. And I'm no, like, that's fine. So, okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm so the, the, I know for sure the Raleigh part. Like, when I started everything, I got to go back and check. I don't know if, what whatever thing keeps track of my life. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, he's like, come out here. And I was like, you know, I didn't even think about it. I was like, send some money. I'm like, you got a place to stay? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm gone. And literally, like, I remember I bought a ticket that night, and my parents, everyone, all my friends were like, where are you going? I'm like, North Carolina. They're like, well, no, I was like, Raleigh. They're like, where the fuck is that? <laughs> and literally, I, I'm, and look, I apologize. I don't to, know. <laughs> I apologize to everyone in Raleigh because I, you know, we're, it's a dope city, and everyone should know that. But, uh, but, you know, I, and it's not like people aren't, edu- like, we all went to school, but it's weird. I can't. I can't explain to you how many people were like, where the hell is that? Yeah. I'm like, North Carolina. And they'd be like, what the fuck are you going to go do out there? I'm like, I don't know, man. There's a place where I could go cook. <laughs> like, no one else seems to give a fuck about my cooking skills. So I'm just going to move to somewhere where I can do it at this point. And again, you know, that uh, the recession's still like, yeah, it's yeah. pretty deep at that point. And right. jobs are just scarce. And like some of these big cities, it was even harder. I mean, yeah. I think that was the era of like all these college graduates working like bars and restaurants mm-hmm. and shit because they like couldn't use their degrees either. So <clears throat> I come out to rally and uh, I go. It, the restaurant was in Cary. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. it was a bistro something. Um, pretty mediocre spot. And uh I mean, I think I think we quickly stopped becoming friends. Like I was I stopped being friends with uh, him, not because of any, but like I was on a mission and I was like, yo, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, who's in charge? And everyone's like, you oh, know, we all kind of do our thing. I'm like, well, that I'm like, well, that's bullshit. I'm like, how you're just going to avoid, you, you know, years and years of, of how things work and just be like, we're running like a West Coast offense here, man. We all do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but someone's got to put some order to this shit because I'm, I'm like right away I came in and I, I mean. I didn't mean to be that way, but it just was necessary, I think, for me. Like, yeah. I had to be, like, I remember walking in, and they were, like, you know, right away, like, kind of getting, like, toward, leaning towards it. looked like they were about to start getting fucked up, like, have a shot or something like that. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the first thing you do when you get in here? And I started seeing the food, and I was like, yo, this kitchen size is perfect. You guys have clientele. I'm like, why are we serving this shit? You t- y'all were the ones saying that we could do whatever the fuck we want. Then why are you choosing to do this bullshit? Yeah. And right away, I could just see everyone's face be like, oh, dude, this guy's going to come in here and start acting crazy. But, I mean, I was like. Well, they didn't have any ambition. The, the, the value to them was just like, oh, there's nobody yeah. really. And I think that some of them, in their defense, I think they were doing like, they were trying to do good stuff. But I was like, I was looking at the big picture now. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm like, yeah. yo, okay. like, oh, okay. So that guy, my homie's over there doing his cool stuff. But yeah. then all of a sudden, this entree comes out. And it looks compl- like this. This is crazy. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, this, none of this shit makes sense. So let's start organizing it. And I, I would just come in every day like. Just pain in the ass. Like, I mean, whatever. I would, I would mess around too some days. But I mean, again, I, I just felt cr- like. Here's an example. I'd come in and they had a stereo in there, and it would just be on full blast. And it's music I like, right? Yeah. But like full blast. Like, n- I can't think straight loud. And I, I never had music in kitchens. Like, we, we couldn't. Even, we didn't even really talk until like service. Yeah. Like before service, during prep, like you're just everybody was shutting the fuck up and working. Like there was yeah. a time to joke around and. You know, step outside and smoke 30 cigarettes and I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be right back. We'll go smash a beer or something. I'm like, what? So, you know, to me, I just felt like I felt like everything was in danger again. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going across the country to do crazy, like, just bullshit, you know? So, anyway, long story short, uh, owner decides to close the restaurant. 
Uh, but he comes up to me before that, and he's like, hey, man, I just want to let you know I wish I would have met you way before this. He's like, well, I'm into real estate. He's like, that business is really kind of running thin right now as well. This is taking money out of my pocket. Real estate's kind of taking a hit. He's like, I'm going to stick to the real estate. He's like, but I want to give you some extra money. He's like, before I close, I feel bad because I know you came from Chicago. He's like, take whatever you want out of the kitchen. I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah, he's like. Really? Yeah, he's like, dude, he's like, I feel bad. He's like, I'm going to let everyone else know, but I want to let you know first. He's like, because like, honestly, right away we started seeing the differences in, in everything that came out. Like, servers were telling us, like, yo, that, like, whatever you'd put on as a special, they, that's what they were selling to their tables. Whatever you were like, whatever you had a hand in, and then guests started, like, really enjoying it. And Anyway, so he, like, I think it was, like, 500 bucks, which I'm like, you know, ching like I, yeah. I was broke, so I'm like, yeah, that's I, I appreciated it, and then I'm like, are you for real? Like I could take whatever I want. <laughs> I'm like, bad move, and it, it's funny because like I'm like, hang on, I need to go find a car for yeah, this because I'm like, I'm about to up. clean the house. Yeah, and it's funny because then by then he told the other guys, and uh, they were like, a couple of them were taking like I don't know, like meat and stuff, like ribeyes. I'm like, what the? F- why you can go buy so ribeyes? Equipment, yeah, right? I'm like, oh, look at all these. <laughs> Stainless steel pans, these cast irons, the RoboCoop, the Vitamix. Like, are you kidding me? That's high. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, here I go again with just like 500 bucks in my pocket. But now I got an extra bag full of kitchen shit. I'm like, I can go up somewhere and like now I have stuff. So it was weird because that night we got back. I was sharing an apartment with my uh, homie at the time. And uh, he's like, yo, I'm going to maybe South Carolina or something like that. He's like, I got friends. Oh, in Charlotte. And he just dipped. He got on a train and dipped that day. The restaurant closed, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing in ra- Rally? <laughs> uh, and so uh, someone told me, someone from the restaurant was like, hey, I saw an ad on Craigslist. They're looking for a, some Mexican restaurants looking for an executive chef, and they're like fine dining Mexican. And uh, I was like, fine. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, I don't even know what the hell is going on anymore. But it just it was one of those things where I'm like, it, it just seemed kind of like so random yeah that they'd be look that this bartender again someone that shouldn't be looking out for me he's like i was looking for a job and underneath where i was looking there was a mexican restaurant and so i was like ah yeah maybe i'll check it and then i was like i didn't really want to go he's like dude you should call he's like you'd probably get the job and in my mind i'm just so like beat up i'm like fuck and i'm like all right i'll call so i didn't even call for like three days i literally just like i'm gonna take three days off I got a little bit of money, you know, I'm just going to walk around town because at, at this point I've been working every day. I had not, you know, really looked around Raleigh. I went to go eat at a couple restaurants, kind of check out the vibe, see like exactly what Raleigh was about. And uh, finally, I had that number still in my phone because he had texted me the number to the place. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to call him just to see what it is. You know, I'm like, I'll probably go home anyway. Uh, call, I go interview. And it was who I currently now I'm a business partner with. I met his older brother at the time. It was another restaurant called Jabara. And uh, <laughs> yeah, like we just started interviewing. And I, I was like, I mean, it, when I walked in, I was like, oh, shit, I've seen this place on Yelp. Like when I first moved here before I yeah. got in, I, just, I was looking at the restaurants. I wanted to see like who am I going up against? Not going up against, but like what, what's, yeah, what's, 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 what's else the is field there? out there? Yeah. yeah. And I just remember that restaurant. And it was weird because I kind of was like low key hating on it. Like I was like, oh, these people, what could they possibly be doing? Because you know, it, and there was this one wall that I just remember it, and that's just the way I think. Like I don't know. I think my first instinct is to, I don't know, because like I, I I move around so much that it's like it's not like I'm a native and people just embrace me right away. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So it's like an outsider trying to come in. So I'm always kind of like I got my guard yeah, up too. Yeah, right. and I'm like let's clash. Uh, but I walked in there and then you know 
I interviewed, went in, had like a disastrous uh, first. I cooked for them, and it was just like <laughs> it was just trash. It was really bad. It was a long, kind of a long story behind it, but it was just like it was poorly set up. They didn't have anything like thought out. I had like two hours to cook for like fifteen people. It was just I was like, whoa, this is like a fucking reality show. Like this is some <laughs> crazy shit. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna do this. And then I just served this like horrible, like real homey dish. And I was like, I went out there though. I was like, yo, I was like, this is kind of fucked up. I'm like, you guys, you know, the amount of time. I'm like, what's going on back there? I'm like, you guys got to look into that first. And then I went out there and just defended myself. And I guess that saved me because they were going to be like, they were like, dude, we didn't give a shit about your food. And I was like, I could do better than this. I'm like, but there's nothing to do better with. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. you're kind of getting what you're, what you have. And so we went over it again. I went back. I was, I bought all stuff and like I ordered some things and, then I did like a proper full meal with time and everything, and then they decided to hire me, so I became <clears throat> the executive chef uh, there, and I worked there for a little bit. Then the whole like, hey, I think I understand a little bit of Raleigh. I I'm finding my identity. I want to do this, and I started coming up with the idea of doing Southern uh, food mixed with Mexican food. Yeah, and that was really from like going around and being like, I want to eat some Southern food. You know, I was like, I want to know what Southern food is in it. Right. I was like, all right, grits. I don't know what the hell grits were. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I had no clue. I'd heard about them. I yeah. never ate them. So I went to all these restaurants, started ordering grits, grits. And it was funny because I guess if I just read what the hell they were, I'd know. But I kind of wanted to experience it. But it was weird. I never made the association of grits to masa, which is what we use to make, like, tamales. Oh, yeah. It's okay. literally the same thing. I mean, it's the same thing as, like, um, uh, polenta. Right, okay. like those are all the same things, just pro- milled a little different and different yeah. sizes. And so it didn't hit your palate in a weird way as much. Maybe well, it didn't hit my palate in a weird way, but I also had not made the association that that's the same kind of thing until I was eating all these grits, and I'm like, oh, literally, I was like, oh, it feels like tamale season. Like it feels yeah. like Christmas time when I eat this shit because I'm like so stuffed, yeah. and I'm like, oh, wait, that is just cornmeal, and, I, and then then I started making tamales with grits and then I started making grits with masa mm-hmm. and then I started like I was just like oh, okay and then I was like this is a great idea and then we I just kept working on it then I presented it to you know the, my partners now and it was funny because it was met with like I don't know that that's gonna work it doesn't sound crazy to me now it seems super logical but back then it's like yo everyone in Raleigh eats a certain type of Mexican food like if you don't have queso dip if you don't have like yeah, the ACP right. Right. if you don't have these like you know cult classics like psh, you can't make it so i was like no man this is better i mean this isn't better this is it's okay to like break away from that you know what i mean mm-hmm. like, we have a million of that kind of restaurants already then we can go ahead and be the one that's not yeah like we'll be all right and it was like no nah, man like i don't know i mean they weren't like it was just like a reality like we have to make a choice about what we're gonna do here now are we really gonna just gamble on this idea from this guy who's like right you know just showed up out of nowhere yeah and uh you know and then I think it didn't help that I had coined that style of cooking at that time just so I wouldn't forget it kind of. And I, I was just being goofy, but Confederexican. Uh, Dude, I love that. <laughs> Confederexican. I just thought it sounded freaking you know, hilarious. I'm like, it rolls off the tongue. And they're like, dude, you're being crazy. I'm like, I am. Right. But I'm like, you know, I thought it was funny. Uh, I'm like, let's add some light to this because y'all are looking scared and like nervous. And I'm like, let's just make this shit a little bit funny for a second. Um, you know, and. So, yeah, little by little, I just kept, like, always teasing with the Confederacy and, like, just coming up with terms, like, 
you know, instead of entrepreneurs, we're, you know, I was like, oh, we're not entrepreneurs, we're entrependejos. And like a pendejo is like a, you know. Entrependejo? Yeah, entrependejo instead of entrepreneur because it's like a pendejo is like a, you know, you don't want to be called a pendejo really. But it's, it's like a dumb person in a sense, like, oh, what a dumbass. So it's like, yeah, we're basically entrepreneurs, but we're dumbasses, dumbasses right now. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know shit. We all are. So, uh, oh, term again, entrependejo. <laughs> yeah, entrependejos. Okay, entrependejos. Yeah, so, so that whole, like, uh, Mex. What was the other one? It was like Mexican Dixon, or what is it? Mason. <laughs> Like, so we were, we're, yeah, we were taking all these little <laughs> awesome. terms and I was like, yo, this shit's, it's hilarious. And I'm not trying to offend any culture at this point. I'm just trying to say, hey, we're doing this thing. And I was just trying to coin it and make it sound more like, it, you know, this is, this all makes sense. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, so if I'm, if I'm a, first of all, I'm, you know, I always try to preface this. Like, I love my, my heritage. I, I love the fact that I'm, was born with Mexican parents. Yeah. But I'm also really proud of my American heritage. Like sure. I was born here. And like I always talk about this, you know, I didn't realize I mean I, I I did realize it at a young age, but I don't think I was really like really thinking about it. Like I just knew it was existing. I knew I was like two people all the time. Like who I am at home, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, you know, you had to be a, we were Mexican at home. And then, you know, I was Mexican when I'd go to church, you know, it was all Spanish, they used and you know it, it was just, you know, yeah. The way we ate, the, the values and everything. And then it's not that my values changed outside, but like, you know, then I'd step outside and we grew up like in Logan Square. It was kind of a hood. Right. And, yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to go play ball. And then you're talking all this shit with your friends and you're a different person. Like, I would yeah. never let my parents see that fucking side of me. Like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. no, that was just not allowed. Right. So we've always had this dual identity and uh, my business partners as well, Charlie and uh, Ibarra and all them, uh, they were raised also first generation Americans. And, you know, I, I think once. You know, aside from the little terms, the entrepreneur, the Confederate, Mexican Dixon, all that stuff, uh, I was like really talking about identity with them a lot. Like we'd sit down and just have a conversation. I mean, it's not like we were having, hey, let's sit down and talk about identity. Just all of a sudden, we're talking. I'm like, you know, why is it that, you know, if I'm going to be a chef, and I come to the South, and I look Mexican, now I have to be like some sort of Mexican chef. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people are like, oh, you got to make queso dip. You got to do this. You got to do that. Like you have to play the game, right? Because right. And I'm like, that's, I don't know what other career people fucking tell people how to do their job based on how they look. You right. know what I mean? Like, totally. oh, ethnically, you're this, so that's the kind of lawyer so you're going to be. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever yeah, the right, right. And I'm like, man, I didn't get into cooking to, like, try to be Mexican. I got into cooking to try to better my life and yeah. figure out something that I loved. And I want to I want to express myself creatively through food. And if there is a Mexican undertone in my food, you know, it makes sense because I've always been that person. But if there's, you know, part of being American is having all the cultures around you. And I moved around a lot. I've, I've lived with a lot of different cultures. You know, I went from yeah. Chicago to boarding school in Indiana to Las Vegas to Los Angeles. Spend time in Mexico every summer. Like, my father would send us when we were kids. Kind of to get out of Chicago uh, yeah. because it, it was dangerous. I mean, we had friends that were getting shot and Jeez. died. And a lot of people were turning into gangsters. And people were going to jail. It was drugs. Like, you know, stuff like that. I mean, but we it, it was a strong community where we grew up. There was a lot yeah. of good families. And that's why we always went to church. That's why we were different people. Like... If we if our parents saw that we, how we were acting, they'd probably think we were the gangsters and stuff, which we weren't. But we were, just, you know, I wanted to wear a Raiders hat or some shit like that. So yeah, I have to like yeah. hide it. Um, so yeah, so we always had this dual identity. Um, shit, I <laughs> it must have been we did stuff like earlier. <laughs> well, you were talking about how y'all were you, you and Charlie were really talking yeah. about the what that meant and 
Yeah, the you identity. had a shared, I guess, a shared in some ways a shared story of yeah, and I first really, generation. I really think that's what uh, warmed us up to really have the courage to open up a place that we felt wasn't going to be the most uh, highly accepted right off the bat, right? Yeah, uh, because you know, and 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 we were right. <laughs> People were not necessarily enthusiastic right off the bat. Yeah, uh, but the conversations that we would when we just randomly like go out and have a drink or whatever about like our identity like why do we always got to be like this like why does a mexican restaurant always have to play salsa music which is like really not what we listen to in mexico why does it always have to have queso dip and all these dishes acp i'm like i never even heard of that shit like i'm like name the last time your mom or your grandma like made dinner and then we just like poured melted cheese all over it i'm like that shit you eat at the ballpark that shit you eat at the movie theater i'm like i never even knew that was technically mexican honestly I don't know what the history is. I'm not going to go and say it isn't or isn't, but like I can guarantee you, we were never like just pouring melted cheese right, over every right, fucking right. thing. Um, so, you know, I was like, I want to be more than that. I want to be more than just like another person who comes in like, yeah, but can't you make queso dip doper like or cooler? And I'm like, yeah, I could make all Mexican shit better if I just don't do that shit that everyone. And like I said, it's fine that it exists. I understand it's Tex-Mex, it's whatever. But I'm like, it's a cuisine I'm not familiar with. Why do I got to carry that torch, right? Like, because I'm being labeled Mexican, now I got to carry yeah. the torch that they've des- designated for Mexican. And at the same time, I'm just, a, I'm trying to be a chef. I'm trying yeah. to, you know, really do my thing here. And, you know, I came from a background of French restaurants. I wasn't French, but that worked out, you know. So I should be allowed to do whatever I want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that that is kind of like American. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I can't, should, dude. Absolutely. I should be able to do whatever the fuck I want to do, man. Like. So I don't. It's not like anybody was really pinning us down. I'm not trying to make it seem like Raleigh either was like, no, fuck you guys, do this. But I think it was just the battle no, between us. Yeah, you know, that's like, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is what people were accustomed to, yeah. and you wanted to break out of that. And that's how, frankly, that's how great things happen. That's how great entrepreneurs do things that at first sound like what the what. Yeah, yeah. Why would and you then mean? all of a sudden you're like, wow, what would we have done if that person didn't do this? I mean, look where we are. I mean, that's every great thing but it's hard because it's risky it's you're not sure because there's no path you're blazing a new path there's no that's, path of success to follow you yeah know what you're I mean? not and following somebody else's path you're blazing mm-hmm. your own and that's and and so especially with the family you know with the ibarras they already had had a lot of these a lot of success through yeah. the tex-mex restaurants right so you know we look like the punk ass kids that again you're supposed to be stay you know yeah you're supposed to stay catholic you're supposed you know respect this and but i'm like Yo, you know, my parents know me, so I'm okay saying it. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a pain in the ass. Like I don't like settling. I don't if it's easy to get, I don't want it. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Dude, I'm with you. I'm like, I really I wanna I need more because if not I get caught up in bullshit and then I'm not gonna do anything. I'm yeah. just gonna be yeah. like I, I I always felt like I was in danger of being a piece of shit, which maybe I am, I don't know. But uh I mean I always did feel like that. I felt like I'm like I need to be doing something that's hard and just fucking, you know, you need takes to be over challenged. my life. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and I need to be in this shit and go because if not, then I'll, you know, who knows? Who knows what I'd be doing right now? So, you know, that's kind of the talks that we had. And that really gave us the courage. But when we did first open Jose and Sons, I can't tell you how many people, like, it was so, like, Jabara, <clears throat> you know, still recession. I think it's tail end, maybe. Uh, not the amount of customers we'd like to have. Uh, so we opened this new place and uh, we're like, all right. Let's hope, you know, we opened the doors, we're like expecting like a whole rush of people to come in. Hardly anybody was coming in at the beginning. And when they would come in, they're like, oh, we wanted like real Mexican food. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. I'm like, Confederate Mexican, though. Nachos with some cheese all over them, please. Yes. And- 
So I had to put like nachos on the secret menu. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck music is this? I'm like, man, how, why, you know? Um, So, yeah, I mean, at first, and then I remember having a lady fight me, saying, not fight me, but argue with me. She's like, can you send the chef out? And then here's the thing. I was like, fucking server, man. You didn't warn me that she's pissed. He's like, I didn't know. So I'm thinking like, oh, they want to congratulate me or some shit. (laughs) With my stupid ass ideas. So I'm like, oh, okay. I walk out. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Oscar the chef. And she's like, these aren't fucking grits. I'm like, what? I'm like, this doesn't sound like this is amazing. Like, this is not what I had in mind. So I'm like taken back. I'm like, what the fuck? And um, she's like, these aren't grits. These are mashed potatoes. I'm like, oh, haha. I'm like, yeah, they're a little different. You know, I put a little masa in them. It's like a 50-50 blend of grits and masa. Because I thought grits, you know, I never knew gritty was yeah. like a desirable thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, extra gritty, you know. I, was like, I, I wanted to smooth them out. I wanted the grits to just be a little bit smoother and hold that consistency. I thought it was like really nice. And I had like a lot of cheese in them. And they're really good, um, I thought. And then this lady's like, no, I'm from the South. Da-da-da. I know mashed potatoes when I eat mashed potatoes. And then the husband's like, yo, she's serious. She's, <laughs> she's saying these are potatoes. I'm like, no, they're not potatoes. I promise you. I'm like, it's grits and masa. And she's like, no, these are potatoes. I'm like, okay. I thought you were being funny at first. Like, you're telling me my grits suck. But now you're, like, really thinking these are potatoes. I'm like, they're not. And she's like, yes, they are. I'm like, ma'am, I literally have to tell you the truth. Like, if you were, let's say, allergic to some shit, I can't be like, no, fuck you. It's, you know, these grits and it's potato mashed. I'm like, first of all, it's not mashed potatoes. When's the last time you had mashed potatoes? Jesus. So, yeah, crazy. I'm, like, sitting out there and I'm like, I don't know what the hell to do. I'm like, this is embarrassing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got now someone fighting me about what the fuck. I'm serving, and I'm like, okay, they're not your traditional grits. I'll give you that fucking much, but they're not potatoes. And the husband's like, you need to tell her, you just need to tell her they're mashed potatoes. And I'm like, is that why she's <laughs> like this? Because you, just, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just saying, like, this is fucking weird. I'm like, I'm not gonna do it, bro. I'm like, they're not, they're not mashed potatoes. I'm like, I don't give a shit. They're grits. I'll see y'all fucking never. Uh, and just like walked away. I was like, I, I remember telling the server, I'm like, don't ever fucking tell me to go out. To, don't ever ask me to go to the table, especially if you don't know what the fuck they want to talk about. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like. That, that was a horrible experience. I'm like, I'm never coming out again. So these are some of the things we started dealing with at first. But then... <laughs> you probably didn't even have any potatoes in the no, kitchen or something. Yeah, I don't think we had anything mashed potatoes. <laughs> I mean, we had potatoes for sure, but I'm like, we definitely... I'm like, it was just wild. She was literally... I mean, and to this day, I can promise you. I mean, obviously, she thought my grits sucked. But she was like, these are not grits. These are mashed potatoes. And she really... I just couldn't That's believe hilarious. the... Yeah, that was a really weird situation. So this is kind of what we're encountering. Uh, then little by little it starts picking up steam. Then little by little everyone's like, oh, like everyone kind of like relaxed a little bit, you know, about like the fact that we're not another like, you know, it's not the 700 restaurant of the same exact menu. Like, so then people started, you know, really enjoying it. Then we got a good, uh, you know, great review, uh, maybe from Greg Cox. Uh, and, and just little by little we started getting some love, some love, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And, you know, from there, we, we felt confident. We're like, all right, we know that we can now be ourselves. You know, we, we've passed the test. Yeah. We can now start focusing our Liberating. Bus- yeah, we can now start focusing our businesses on really who we are as, as like, individuals. Because at the end of the day, like, so even right, like right now with the podcast, like, people want to hear the story. And it, I feel like if we would have been doing things that we didn't want to do, it wouldn't be our story. It'd be like continuing someone else's story. Like, Amen. We're, yes, we're just, you know, we're 100%. just here to do this because it was yeah. handed to us and we're just going to keep doing it because it's not broken and we're going to send our kids to this. And I'm like, I don't want to live that kind of life. Like, It's I not authentic. And then if it's not authentic, it's never going to be as interesting and it's not going to be as successful and real because it's not the real you. It's not who you really are. 
this is an expression of who you are and who Charlie and who your family here is. Yeah, and and really that's what started happening. And I mean, it's still currently happening. You know, where this is the state I'm at now. From all that journey, I'm like, you know, I, I'm now, you know, a lot older now, a um, lot more mileage, a lot more knowledge, a lot more, you know, got dents and bruises all over my, you know, body, soul, everything. And now I'm like, yo, it's time to like really just be ourselves. And and the more we've been ourselves, the more rewarding this career has been the more rewarding our businesses have been mm. for us and it's something we can't deny anymore and even with jose and sons we're like you know the number one thing on our mind right now is like we need to go back and redo that like redo that right because we were really entrepreneurs then like we were just like we needed to hurry up open something we opened it with fear instead of like confidence you know yeah uh, so we we left a lot of gaps in that place you know and and you know not just not to be like oh it's no no there's just a lot of things that we weren't being honest with ourselves. We were like, okay, but what if we did kind of just leave a couple things, like little relics or this or that that are, I don't know. So now, you know, we, now we we feel accepted. We feel you, like we you understand. You had one toe in the, you, you, you were stepping forward one foot, but kind of keeping a little, just. Exactly. Because that's fear, like you said. Yeah, like it, it was, you didn't have the, because you didn't have the experience to have the confidence. You, you had the confidence probably, but you thought, well, fuck, I don't know, because it, nobody's blazed this path like, well who knows? exactly and and then you know to to take it you know behind the curtains uh, there there's also monetary implications for all this you know what i mean like sure you know rebuild the restaurant rebrand all it like it yeah. shit it's someone's got to pay for that shit so you know a lot of those fears of like oh god like you know you start looking at something that's like twenty thousand thirty thousand forty you know, up like single ticket items for one thing is like 20 grand you're like oh shit are we really gonna do this and so like you know, I I'm always I always say like you know Jabara and Jose and Sons. Every, everyone's like, oh, what's your favorite restaurant I've ever worked for and stuff. Like, everyone thinks like the Michelin star restaurants. I'm like, yeah, I learned a lot and it, it was great for me. But I'm like, probably Jabara because like at that point that place was a little bit unsavable uh, when I first got there. And it just I think it was my first time being in a place where people were like, like didn't really like the place and i had to come into it and like it was just weird i was part of it you know what i mean so like i learned a lot it was the first time i seen things not done in a proper way and i'm like man there's consequences to not working the way i learned at these other places and it was the first time i learned that like i didn't even know i knew that until i was like yo this doesn't look like that this doesn't look like that like what we used to do in these other restaurants that were successful and then like that again you know you're just dumb you've just been cooking like really all i've ever doing was out i was living my life like hunched over a past plating food mm-hmm. and i'm like oh i'm a badass look at that thing it looks delicious and i'm like yeah but what do you do about like server morale what do you do about co- like what do you do about all this other shit right and so you know i learned a lot like i learned yeah. a lot about the business through those two restaurants and like thanks to the bars that they were like yo like this is y'all's mess or whatever like go ahead everything top to bottom so I, I learned a whole lot really fast. So when we opened up Jose and Sons, it was like the first time that we had courage to, like I said, you know, be ourselves, pull out something that we believed in and, you know, take a couple ass whoopings on the way too. And, you know, an ass whooping will wake you up real big time. So it opened up our eyes and now we have Cortez and Cortez was one where we were like, no, we're going to do it like this from the get go. And honestly, like, Right from I mean, you know, whenever you open a restaurant, I think it's a little bit slower than you expect it's going to be because it wasn't like, you know, I, I had not even got a James. At this point, I'm still not even thinking about James Beard nominations. I remember one time. This is, I'm going to go back just because I think this is kind of I'm opening it up to you now. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I remember one time. I remember at, deep inside once I started cooking for the Michelin places and I got really good and I was a sous chef and all that. 
I was like, yeah, I want to be like one of the best chefs. But at that time, it was a lot, lot of molecular gastronomy. I'm like, man, these motherfuckers are like scientists. I don't know if I could do that. You know, yeah, I, mean? I don't have yeah, that yeah. kind of patience anymore. Uh, but then I got to Raleigh, and then every now and then I'm like, no, yeah, I want to be the best. Like, I want to, I want to do this. And then I remember one day being like, man, maybe I just want to need to run like restaurants that make money and like forget about the whole chef thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. And that's kind of where I was at. And then we opened the Cortez, and like something happened again inside me where I'm like, yo, I, like, you know, I just want to do all these amazing dishes. I, I don't. I want to go back to like plating. I, you know, I want to be a chef again. I want to be a cook. I want to do all this stuff. So we did, it, and then we got the James Beard nomination. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that's when it came. It hit me back like a ton of bricks. I was like, so "You didn't, you didn't know it was coming." No, I no. mean, there. At one point, we knew we were like nominated or whatever, so we had to like yeah. get votes, and we we're like telling people to vote for us. But I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Even to have people, I felt embarrassed, honestly. Yeah, but you didn't know you were going to be nominated. Like, no, you absolutely just came not. Up. That's no. freaking awesome. And so. Um, what felt weird was, you know, even having people, even to be like, hey, vote for me for James Beard. I'm like, what? Am I being fucking serious? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is weird. Uh, I wasn't thinking that way anymore. You know, I just really wasn't. I was like, man, we're just going to. I mean, I still felt like a chef, but I, I never, I never pictured it. I just never thought of it. Like, none of my chefs had that before me. I'm like, this is weird, you know? So when it happened, I was like, really? I mean, I was proud of myself in a sense. I was proud of our team. But I was like, it was weird. I was at home. I was in Chicago. I got the news and I'm like, I'm a semifinalist. I'm like, get the fuck. I don't know. It just, I, I mean, I, I know the journey's not over, right? Like, I'm not going to sit there and like, but it was like a, like a deep, I'm like, I, I've been working so hard for so long. I've been away yeah. from home. I've sacrificed. Yeah. I've sacrificed like being with my family. I've sacrificed being with friends. I've sacrificed kind of a normal life for for this and I, I don't know what my goal was i didn't really have a fucking goal i was just dumb just, you know i was like whatever i just like cooking and yeah. it saved me from the bullshit where i was going to so ah, man i could i that i just felt like holy shit man like oh my god like all this all this shit worked out bro like all this shit yeah it was it was uh it was cool man it was a really good experience like i felt felt happy like for just I don't know. It worked out. You know what I mean? It's like, fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, it was wild. That was this uh, May? Is that when you... That was, April? yeah, for last year. So I didn't win. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I think being nominated even at that point was... It's, it's, it's incredible. It's a, it's a I mean, big, it's like a few people out of all the chefs. I mean, that's freaking... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't have... I don't know many other... I mean, obviously, I know Ashley Christensen now because we're in Raleigh and uh, yeah. she killed it. Um, but uh, I didn't. I don't really know anyone. You know, I knew Michelin star chefs and all that. And I know some people that have been nominated a little like through through the ranks that I came through. But it was crazy. I'm like, yo, like here I am in rally. <laughs> you know, uh, just, I'm like, it was just crazy. That, you know, again, I sometimes look back and I'm like, that couldn't have like how fucking lucky was all this shit? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've had a lot of serendipity, which is a big. You know, I, I'm a big believer in that like just these random things where this guy's like oh we'll call you know like come to north th- these things yeah, we, yeah and to rally and uh <laughs> and then here you're in this place now that is i mean quite frankly i'm i love the culinary scene the independent restaurant scene the culture the vibe here in raleigh is just like freaking awesome i mean it's this city has really uh embraced a lot of diversity in the culinary world and it's better off for it. I mean, it's amazing what's happening here. No, I, I agree. You know, 
<clears throat> so uh, as I was saying earlier, you know, when I first when I first when I first told people in Chicago, like, hey, I'm moving to Raleigh and they're like, where the fuck is that? Now I'm like, yo, we're on the map. There's you know there's I mean? people moving here to yeah. be a part of this. From I big, mean, the, big like cities, th- that yeah. are that are like in. Yeah, they're like, fuck, that, I'm going to great quality of life. Great. I mean, the the bounty here is amazing. Like if you want to cook fresh and, you know, it's like year round. There's like all yeah. kinds of good stuff. Produce and, is out of control. I, you know, shit, we, we can take it to all levels. I, I mean, I always, you know, was never a gangster, never anything like that. But I think my energy is always kind of like, I'm going to rep my hood, like yeah, my yeah. city, my this. And I love Chicago. I love Mexico. I, I was, all those things were part of me, but like, I'm like Raleigh, psh, you know, y'all messed, up, y'all messed up opening the doors for me. Cause I'm going to rep this place so hard now. Yeah. And I tell everybody, I'm like, yo, we're on the, like, it's funny. People do know about it. It's like, now I'm like Raleigh. They're like, Oh, Raleigh. Like I heard, mm, I heard good yeah, things dude. about it. I'm like, fucking right yep. you know um and you know like you said produce food the food scene you know in the sh- in the short amount of years i've been here yeah I, it's a lot of like independently owned too it's like it's like yes. local people yep opening up restaurants that kick ass like yep you know what i'm saying like and it's it's a good little diverse group uh yeah i don't think people know how dope raleigh is so they come here and they're like yo like yeah okay i get it it's a sm- smaller city right but i'm like it's growing and you know lucky for us you know lucky for me i, I found the home at the right time and I couldn't be prouder of that. And even the music scene right now, like, you know, we got some of the best rappers. We got, like, probably one of the best rappers. Hip-hop scene's great. Like, it's just flourishing, you know? Like, you're seeing all these creative people. There's, you know, let's talk about the reality, too. There's three great universities. Mm-hmm. There's a huge pool of people. So, I mean, there's just so many things. If I take myself out of the colonial world, which I need to sometimes, like, like I said, so I could be, like, a normal human being sometimes. Realize yeah, there's yeah. other things, like... You know, you, I start thinking about like, man, really, if you're a business or a company, like, why wouldn't you want to be around? There's, there's great education around. So there's a young pool of educated people around to grab and like open jobs and do all this stuff. So it's a great city. It really has opened up. And like I said, it's, it's home now. You know, um, I've, you know, I think my whole life I've been searching for a home. I've been searching for an identity. And um, I never knew I'd, you know, I'd come to North Carolina and find all those things, you know least least likely place that i ever thought like when i first got here i was like this is gonna be like one of those short-lived places right right i mean i'll probably end up back in la and i kind of make sense if i'd be a chef in la or the west coast even though i'm from chicago but like everyone still to this day thinks i'm from la like oh you're the you're that guy from la right i'm like no man i'm from chicago like (laughs) oh man rep my city like i love chicago bulls jordan all that stuff like that was i grew up on that but uh i'm like you know you're always gonna love home right but like that home wasn't for me anymore. Like yeah. I, I needed to get out and <clears throat> go do something. I mean, I, I still have some, I, I went to visit my parents. I was saying earlier and just recently, and uh, I did feel the desire to want to not move back to Chicago, but to open a restaurant in Chicago in my old neighborhood. Cause it's being all gentrified and all that stuff. And I just, you know, I want to go back and like, kind of like not prodigal son. Cause that's a weird story, but like, you know, I want to go back and like, the community that raised me that 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 whole area like i want to go back and be like one of your own came back and like put something here because like, yeah even man. my parents are like yeah. taxes are hard to pay around here and like a lot of people have now had to move out a lot of the businesses are kind of like not making it there anymore and i mean it's nice to have all these like great new places but it's kind of sad that like you know your upbringing your everything's gonna just be like all changed so i'm like i want to come here i want to i want to provide jobs for the people in the neighborhood you know i want to be able to I want to be able to keep a little slice of like what Logan Square was when I grew up. So that's something new that just happened to me. 
Um, but it, I think it comes from finding my identity now and accepting that this is home and accepting that, like, who I am. Like, you know, not, not feeling ashamed, not having to, like, yeah, man, I'm a Mexican-American, but I'm an American, you know, as well. Like, all day. It's just weird. Things that I used to shy away from, you know? Like, sometimes I had to play the Mexican card. Sometimes I play the American card. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm an American with, you know, Mexican heritage. But, you know, my parents have been here since they were like 18 you know what i mean so like they're american too like we go home we speak english now we speak spanglish you know we're like hey you know my dad's like hey my son and my mom's like you know it's weird we only spoke spanish in the house and now we speak spanglish and you know this is who we are and uh i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna hide it and i I really want to you know i'm ready to just not that it, I'm like an important person or anything, but I'm ready to take my platform and do the best I can well, to represent. Yeah, to represent sure. us. Yeah. You know, I, I've never even looked into it, but even just being a Latino or, you know, being Mexican-American and being nominated in the South, like, I don't know how often that shit happens. You know, like. What's your guy's name over here? Uh, Marco. You want Marco. Me? Yeah. He and I were talking earlier oh. and he was telling me that you, you know, he was really excited to be a part of your team. And he said that, you know, being here. Until he started working with you, he worked with some great chefs. He worked with Scott Crawford. He worked with great people, but yeah. he didn't have anybody that had a Latino background that he yeah. could look up to and that he's, you know, found you. And, I mean, that. so there you go. You've come from now you're the, the guy that a lot of probably young Latino chefs are like, man, it, that, look what he's done. And, it, you know, it I want to learn from we, him. And I didn't even think of that, honestly, because, again, sometimes I don't think you, you know, I don't know how many times you wake up and you think, like, oh, this is what I am. You know, I'm, I'm a, you know. I'm a African-American or I'm Caucasian or I'm... Ma- right. I mean, you just yeah. wake up and you're like, oh, I'm just a fucking dude and I'm going to you know, go yeah. to work. And- but you're, you're, you're one generation away. So when you are, when you're, when, you know, the folks that were either born in Mexico that come here or their parents were and they're closely aligned, that's part of your identity. It's important. I mean, you know, I've got Scottish roots, but it's been so long. I don't yeah. have any, like, I don't even think about that. You no, know? It, I don't it's... Ca- but, you're you're very closely tied to it. You spent summers there. That's that's a big thing, and yeah. and so it, it is a part of our, and it's a great part of our identity. Yeah, it is, and that, you know, and I think that's sometimes where the, it's you know, I think there's something for, to be said for being like a first generation American. Like, yeah, how, how many, you know, how many people are like that? I mean, there's probably a lot, right? But I don't know. It's just a weird thing to be because it's really, I, like you said, you have Scottish roots, but I think all that's already been kind of not not forgotten but it's kind of like all it's so long ago that it doesn't really affect like for us it was hard because my parents were brought up a certain way sure Fre- just yeah. freshly out of mexico right. and then boom I mean, you were speaking a different language in yeah. your house you know? and exactly <laughs> my parents you know their english wasn't you know that great they, they learned actually english really quick yeah my father speaks like a ton of fucking languages it's crazy he could be the pope oh yeah like, he's wild I, I he learned he just enjoys talking so i think it was his desire to talk that just taught him all like korean polish like it's wild but, um, yeah, you know, that first generation thing is weird because you're learning to be, while you're learning to be a human, you're learning to now embrace these, like, dual identities of uh-huh. culture. And, like I said, you're always balancing. And, and I, I've said this a couple other times before, but I think it's something that's very real. It's like you're never, you're never Mexican enough and you're never American enough, it seems yeah. like. I'd go to Mexico and they're like, oh, the fucking Americans right, here. Right, right. And wah, wah. Like, what do you, you know, like, I was always like, you know the weak one because they'd be doing crazy shit that i've never done like they're like oh we're gonna ride these dirt bikes and i'm like how the fuck do you ride a dirt bike you know what i mean like i was big at like, come on man quit being like a punk just get on it i'm like this thing is bigger than me i'm like and they're like you just gotta hold the clutch and, and i'm they're all popping williams and they're like these americans don't know what the hell and i'm like 
yo, I'm in, I live in Chicago, bro. You can't have fucking dirt bikes in the city, bro. I'm like, you, you guys are tripping, you know? And then, you know, whatever. I, we'd go play basketball or something at school. And I'm like, oh, what's up now, motherfuckers? But uh, then I'd come here and then people were like, you know, oh, you know, the Mexican kids. And I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like, I can't. No one's giving me my peace anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So luckily in my neighborhood, it was all cool. Like, we were all the same. We were a bunch of Latino kids like, growing up, first generation. Like, we're all in the same thing. But it would happen sometimes. People like, you know, just some, I'm like, that, that's crazy to me, man, that you can never be. You know what I mean? Like, I always felt that way. So it was just one of those things we grew up always balancing. Like, when do I got to turn this on? When do I got to turn that off? When do I got to be this? You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not going to be all, like, super Mexican looking when a bunch of gangsters come around. They're like, yo, what you be about? I'm going to be like, oh, Mexican. You know, I'm like, I got to play the game right before I get my ass whooped. So I'm like, you know, you got to protect yourself. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, excuse me, sorry. Just I think all those little things now that I can, like, sit down. And it's not that I don't give a fuck. It's just like, I just, I don't care anymore to balance anything. Uh, I'm man. like, you know, just whatever. Wh- this is who we are. Yeah. This is what we're doing. We're moving forward. And like I said, things have been working out. Shameless plug, kind of. But I just recently, um, I'm going on the 24th to Virginia. Uh, I won an award for, it's like the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And it's like a bridge builder award for standout Latinos in the community that are doing positive yeah, things. Yeah, dude, congrats, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, like, so, you know, the beer nomination a lot, this means a lot, but it's where, like... Where are you going? So it's going to be in Virginia. Whereabouts? Uh, in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. It's going to be at the uh, art museum there. Nice. On the 24th is a gala, and it's crazy. Like, uh, ex-president of Mexico, Vicente Fox, has won that before. Wow. Uh, people in NASA, people in the White House. It's all people that are, like, like, Hispanic people that have been a positive image, that are doing things. And it's crazy because, like, you don't... Like I said, for a long time, I was just... <laughs> fucking trying to make like really pretty food you know yeah i wasn't thinking about anything else and then when you start realizing and you start vocalizing you start saying these things like someone someone might need to hear this shit i could have used it you know what i'm saying like i had really strong family and we've had some positive family members mm-hmm. like we've had a lot of like you know success in our family but again to to like, this award for example like that that shit felt amazing when they re- i thought they i thought they called i thought they contacted the wrong person <laughs> Serious. This is Are who you I, serious? This is who I am. I'm I'm an entrepreneur for life. Like, I'm you know, I got this email and I'm like, what? They're like, Oh, we want to nom you know, we would love for you to come and receive this award and at the gala and da-da-da. and I'm like I, I remember calling Charlie, my business partner, I'm like, Yo, you do you think that's me? He's like, I don't know, man. He's like, I guess so and I'm like, why? Like it's weird because again, you're just like kinda head down and you forget that yeah, man, like, it's, there's not many people out there that are always speaking, po- you know, we're portrayed a certain way or whatever, but it's like, it felt good to know that someone's been watching what I'm doing and saying, hey, man, you're a positive influence for people like you and that are younger or whatever that need something, they need to hear some hope or something, yeah. you know, and I'm, I had no fucking clue I've been doing this. I've just been, I've been the kid that needed to hear it, so I've been speaking it because I'm like, shit, my whole life, I felt this certain way where I had to mute myself and my feelings and just kind of play the card, right? Like, what? what's the most acceptable way to be right now at this time at this mm-hmm. place? So, you know, when you say fuck that, and then, you know, I got this word. So the funny thing is I was like, man, I'm going to call them and make sure that it's me. <laughs> Cause you know what I thought who, the, I thought they were actually trying to contact Juno Diaz, the art, the author, the Dominican author. He just wrote a book or has a book. Uh, it's called Oscar or something. And I'm like, maybe because of his book named Oscar and his name being Juno <laughs> Diaz, maybe they wanted to reach out to him. Not That's me. hilarious, so man. So I call them. I'm like, hey, uh, this is Oscar Diaz. They're like, oh, my God. Are you? We're so happy. And they started being like, you know, we saw your Time Magazine article. We've seen this. We've seen your video. We've been following you. And I'm like, 
this is crazy. They're, I'm like, so it's not you guys. I, I told her, I was like, you, you guys weren't looking for Juno Diaz? <laughs> She's like, who? I'm like, oh, it's, that's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, these are little things that are happening. And I think really, you know, I mean, I, man, I'm proud. I'm happy. I'm really proud of what's happening. It's a new thing that's happening currently in my life i have to learn how to navigate oh you got a lot of responsibility now a lot of people watching you a lot of people paying attention so i I, I do feel that way there's i I don't i mean there's probably some weight to that but that's a good it's a great you like you have a platform like so now what do you do with it well exactly and that that's what i'm more realizing like you know i don't know i don't have a therapist and there's no one i talk to i don't lay down on a couch and talk to somebody or anything so I think a lot of times I, you know, I, I talk a lot. I mean, obviously you could probably tell because of this. Shit. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't shut the fuck up. But I, uh, love it. Um, I uh, you know, I'm realizing we have a platform and I, and I talk a lot like with my guys, with Charlie, my business partner, with my brother, my family sometimes. And I'm like, I didn't, you know, there's this platform and there's a certain level of responsibility. Like when we got the beer nomination, honestly, like after the little brief sigh of like, oh, shit, man, like. Not that I made it, but like, man, I'm being recognized for. Yeah. I, I, like, you know, it's, I, I, yeah, it's, I've become a crybaby lately. I'm not even gonna fucking lie. Like, I've shed so many fucking tears recently. <laughs> I'm like, what is my problem? And they're like, why are you crying? I'm like, cause I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's like, it's really like, man, all this. I feel like my whole life, I uh, everyone was, my parents, everyone want, just wanted to see me make it in something, cause like I always was a bright student, but like, I just feel like I wasn't getting the breaks I needed. So anyway, um, with this platform, you know, I talk with my parents and everybody. I'm like. It, this, this is crazy like we need to learn how to navigate this now but i'm looking at things differently now mm-hmm. you know i'm not i have to i have to like grow into this and i feel honored with what's what's coming my way but then like you said i do feel this rest i don't want to just be like oh look i don't know what i'm doing i'm receiving all this shit no i want to be like oh my god i didn't you know and that's what i have to realize i'm like what i've been doing has been mattering to people around yeah me. not necessarily in the culinary world either just like outside of it so I do want to be a voice. I do want to be an advocate. I do want to help, you know, not just Latinos, like all the youth that needs to hear some shit. Because like I said, I'm an American as well. And I can only imagine how many people out there are lost. Not knowing. And I'm not saying cooking is the answer. I'm saying like, you know, finding yourself and like your identity and like accepting yourself and like forgiving yourself or whatever it is that you need to do to get your mind right. And then yeah. accept it. Like, hey, how to approach something, how to be like responsible, how to, I don't know. There's just, it's, I don't know. It's been kind of a. It's been crazy. Sounds like you've, I mean, it's probably driven a lot of self-reflection that, that, you know, you've been working your ass off for a long time and maybe now's a good time to, you know, really take, I mean, take that time to reflect on where you've come from, where you are, where you want to go. Exactly. What's next? Exactly. And, and that's, you know, that, I mean, man, you know. I, I'm assuming life's going to continue to be a journey forever, right? But, like, right now I feel like I'm on a, a more precise path for my life now. And, you know, and, I, and that's kind of what I try to explain to myself still. But in explaining it to myself, I think that's what other people are taking uh, a liking to. Like you said, you know, these people, like, I've had other people be like, yo, man, I really want to come work for you. Like, that's awesome. You're a Latino chef. You're doing this and this. And I'm like, I, you know, you don't, you don't see that. And, and yeah, I want to be a better role model. I want to be a better example. Like, I want to. I also want to have them. You know, like I, I'm not trying to be here every day and tell them, "Hey, do this." I, I want them to make their mistakes. You know, they know the me- menu, but I, I want them to grow. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to hold anyone down. I'm not trying to be like, I don't want them to do this. I, don't, I want everyone to grow. Like, I, you know, the way I see it is, if I could have everything the way I want, like we'd be opening 
in a year or two years, another restaurant, you know, one of them is going to go ahead and run in. Then we're yeah. going to one. They're going to run in. Yeah. And eventually they're going right. to become. And I'm not talking about like, I want to pay them salary. I want, I want, I want my people to, I want this family that, you know, I've, I've had to abandon my family. So everyone I work with becomes my family. But I want them to own restaurants. I want them to like, you know, buy houses. I want them to, I want to give 401k match. You know, I, I want to do the best I can with what I have to better it. And I know that, you know, we were saying it right now, but I think, you know, it's something that's going to happen in the near future. And it's, it's just crazy. Like, I want to do all these other things. That's what I'm saying. Like, pulling myself away and just visualizing the game a little bit differently kind of makes me realize, like, how short-sighted I might have been. But I'm, you know, I got lucky that something pulled me out of it. And now here I am, like, just. Oh, you're, uh, you know, having some years on your belt, just, <clears throat> this is where wisdom comes from, right? Like, you know, when you hear somebody say, wise beyond their years it's because typically wisdom is earned over a long period of time i mean i've spent my experience for sure i feel like i've through trial and error through screwing up through making mistakes through through having people that were hard on me that at the time i was like screw you that now i'm like oh that was really good for me like we don't you know it's a it's a i mean we you know we don't have that as much now and i think a lot of the you know, I have three kids and, you know, you know, I worry sometimes. Like, you got it. If you're not tough on your kids and you're yeah. not tough on the people that you care about, then you're not actually doing them a benefit. You're doing them a disservice. You had a lot of that early on. It was probably hard at the time, but you got a lot from it. But, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're at that point, you know, where you've kind of passed some milestones in, in life. And now you've got an opportunity to take what you've learned and do amazing things with it and uh the way you're thinking about your team is uh that comes with wisdom and it comes with having been there and dude that's freaking awesome i mean it's a it's a really wonderful way to look at the people that are around you because when you want them when you want to provide a path for them to be successful not leverage them for your own success then all yeah. of a sudden the byproduct of that is that you wind up actually being you know what i mean yeah, like yeah yeah but they do too and it's a it's a growing living thing it's awesome it, it is the team man i mean like you know you can be like oh i do all this but at some point if you have two three restaurants like you know how many can you be at yeah and if you're getting awards it's really the team that's it's, there and yeah. you know this this is new to me i mean I have, I have two teams and i'm proud of both of them they work really hard they work really well but like now i think also like you said you get a couple years and I'm not trying to be here all day, be exact like my old chefs were, you know, kind of like really hard on them. Because I think that works for some people. I know right now we're not in that era anymore. Like, you, you, like everyone's like, you yeah, don't have to be like that. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong, but yeah. it definitely fucking worked for me. Um, and sometimes I could be like that every now and then. Like, I'll come in and if I'm working a couple weeks straight and then I'm like in the middle of the kitchen, I'll just be like, listen, you know, and it's like, shit, my bad. You know, in the night, though, I always... As hard as those places were, at the end of the night, chef always came up, shook her hand, and it died there. The next day, you come in, everything's back to normal. Like, that was that day, you know? It's kind of like, whatever. So, I do the same thing. I'm like, hey, all right, guys, see you later, whatever. But, I, you know, I definitely don't try to be like that. It's definitely not something that's in my characteristic. I understand, but, yeah, I do want them to also learn. And so, the way we do that is, like, I'm like, they, I need to kind of the pressure should come from them having to uphold what we've already built on their right. own now yes and you know responsibility it's, it's new for me because that's hard to do man yeah. it's really i used to be here every fucking day I bet. cooking I bet it the is. line like you i was doing look, everything yeah. like well you gotta to grow you gotta learn to let go which is hard for uh entrepreneurs like us <laughs> you know you've been you've been hustling you've been working you've yeah. been scrapping you've, yeah. you've done a lot you know what needs to be done you know yeah. how to do it and you it's in your blood and uh, it's hard to let go. Right? It is. And it's also like, you know, I feel like this is a probably a horrible analogy, but it's kind of like 
being in the military in a sense and you know you go to war and they come back and it's like they don't well, my brother went to war so i mean he kind of tells me sometimes and i can kind of see the metaphor you know the similarities obviously it's completely different but um you know he's like i didn't know what to do with myself he's yeah. like i felt like we were working towards something over there he's like none of us wanted to be at war but when you're there, you're now there, like protecting your brothers. Yes, you know that's and, right. And you're part of a community, a, and you're and part you, of a. You, you have a common goal. Yeah, and every day you do these things, and so when you come yeah. back to the civilian life, and you're like, you know, working at the Home Depot, or whatever the fuck you're doing, and he's like, we're not working towards anything. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we Showing doing? Up. Yeah. yeah, and he's and I'm like, that's crazy because, you know, that's how it feels when you work for 15 years, the line six days a week you know 15 hours it's 14 13 whatever hours a day it's you almost yeah it's like going to war every day and then when all of a sudden you're they're like hey old timer back up we got this like go go to bed bath and beyond or some shit i'm like i don't know what to do with myself you know what i mean well you're you're now in the stage where you're yeah that's right you're not on the you're not the infantry you're not the front line now no. you're you're you know you're now the general you've yeah. got to think strategically and big and yeah you know what's the message we want to because you you are you're 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 telling a story here you're doing it now but i mean you're doing it through your actions and and what what y'all you know what message you you're sharing in the community here you're doing it with events you do for the community with collaboration i mean one thing that's amazing about raleigh is it seems like there everything's competitive like everybody's got to succeed on that but i feel like there's just like so much support in there raleigh is. for each other like there there I is really i mean the get a sense that like a lot of y'all are just it's a rising tide lifts all boats kind of mentality around here which i think is yeah beautiful and it's I love a it. i mean it's a it's a great community like i said you know i'm I, i'm not from here i'm the outsider but i've yeah. been here eight years now and i yeah. do call this home so I'm sure like, man you know but the community's always been great there's always events going on there's always a bunch of shows getting together to do things i mean the support that I feel that I've gotten from Raleigh has been like they, they treat me like one of their own, you know. Yeah. So, man, I'm I'm you know one thankful and two I'm you know also ready to like not let anybody down. You know, I'm ready to capitalize. I'm ready to show up for Raleigh. I'm ready to. I love it, man. You know, I'm ready to like do my thing. Obviously, you know f we want to do well individually, but at the same time, like I feel like I'm a representative of here as well. And you know, next time someone says rally or you know r yeah rally. I'll be like, yo, no, we're on the map now. Like, you just must be in the dark because, yeah. you know, you're saying that shit wrong. But, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I'm really here for, I'm here for, you know, a long, long time, man. I'm, I'm here for the, for the ride with everybody. And it's been, man, it's been great from the people I've met, you know, uh, the, the bars, my business partners, um, the staff that I've got to work, friends I've made, you know, it's been, it's been great, man. It's been, I, I really, like, I've, I, it's been, uh, it's crazy. I don't know if it's old age or it's just what's happening, but I'm like, I'm so grateful. I'm so like, I'm, I feel a little bit more at rest. I think I was always like, like angry and like fighting for something. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just exerting a lot of energy going in a fucking circle. It seemed like, and then now I'm like, man, you know, this place accepted us. This place is growing and I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do my fucking best to represent it properly and just keep moving forward and like always have a good view of what this is here. You know, uh, you said you don't have a therapist. I do. <laughs> and one thing he told me, I thought it was fascinating. He's like, look, man. He goes, look, you are, uh, you got to stop being the hero. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, do you know about the journey that all men take in life? I was like, no, do tell. You know, he's like, well, 
there's three phases. There's your youth phase, there's your hero phase, and there's your wise old man phase. Yeah. He's like, dude, you're 45. Like, you, settle down. Like, you, you know, like, you need to transition into that phase. Like, you don't, you know, and yeah. it's weird because I'm fighting it. Like, I like the hero, like, going out and slaying the dragon and yeah. uh, entrepreneurs, man. Like, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's you have to have that mentality to be successful as an entrepreneur. And I love that. And I really enjoy it. And I think I'm, I'm really trying to hold on to it. And it's, and I always want some of that in there, but then there's also that point where you have to go, okay, what have I learned and how can I help others around me instead of just having my head down in the fight all the time, which is very much a metaphor for what you coming off the line and where you are. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, I've made peace with that. You know what I mean? I, sometimes I feel guilty. <laughs> like, I do. Yes. I'm like, yeah. I'll come in and I'm like, shit, I don't even want them to see me. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm not going to work, I don't want to even be seen because I'm like, I feel. Hey, you're over here doing weird, a podcast. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. And they're like, working this is home. where you need to be right now. I'm man. like, look at all the hard work I'm doing sitting here having like a nice But But you're life. doing, I mean, this isn't self-serving, but you're doing, you're doing what you need to be doing. This yeah. is a, a part of your platform. It's a, yeah. a tool of leverage to share. Yeah. story and no yeah i mean and i will say i've I, you know i enjoy talking <laughs> uh but i you know i i love what you just said because you saved me a lot of money i don't have to go to a therapist anymore <laughs> <laughs> there but, you go but uh no I, I it makes a lot of sense man you know you go through those phases and i think i'm i might be like in the middle of that i don't know i i'll maybe i'll get a therapist asking what the age range is right but uh <laughs> i think i'm in one of those stages but like i i'm i think i'm gonna be ready to be like the old wisdom guy because uh I think that's another part of the career that might I've just I've been looking for peace, man. Uh, yeah. I, I've always been fighting and, and, and yeah, you know, go out and slay the dragon. But sometimes I've been slain by the dragon, too. And I'm like, yeah, got um, your battle scars. Yeah, I'm, like, sure, I'm ready to I'm yep. ready to kind of like, you know, I'm ready to. Yeah, like you said, I'm more strategized. Like it's, it's y'all's turn to, to go out there, but I'm, I'm going to make sure that we don't get, you know, ever. I'm going to make sure that you guys take as less battle, least battle wounds as you can and everything. Yeah. And. I, you know, I don't know exactly where what the next phase and titles exactly, but I know that some of what you're saying, like some of that wisdom, like I really have to sometimes before I react, which is kind of the hero, you know, before you like, oh, I'm just going to go attack it. I'm like, I now know that I sit back and I'm like, before I go off the wall and just be crazy, which I have 100 percent potential of being completely crazy. Um, I'm going to sit back and really think it out and kind of chess, you know, checkmate yeah. the situation. There you go. Um, and and things just have been working out a lot better, not being so instinctual all the time. And you know, <clears throat> I mean, I was young and crazy, uh, but it helped me get here. And I think that's sometimes the fear. Like, if I stop doing that, I'm not going to go anywhere. But it's like, no, you've already done it. Like, why are you repeating yeah. steps? That you, why are you repeating stages that you've already accomplished? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if it's a video game, why would you go back there? If you, you go to the next one already, like you yeah. gotta. If you want to win the whole game, you gotta keep you know passing those levels. And it feels like yeah, but. I fought these levels so long that, you know what I mean? Like you get attached to that feeling. It's like, it feels like the only thing that you can do to achieve. But now I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for, you know, the third phase, that wisdom. I'm ready to sit back, have a sweet tea, plan <laughs> shit out. <laughs> That's a Southerner right there. Sweet tea, my friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting. We talked about the, uh, this is fascinating, man. We're getting, maybe we should get some of that weed or something. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. What the hell kind of okay. brownies is he making? So. He was saying that there's a, the hero's journey, you see it throughout every great story. So it's the reluctant hero who has this opportunity to do 
something good and has a an enemy to fight and maybe at first is like a little anxious or scared but then does it and faces the demon slays the demon and then transcends to, into some better state from that mm-hmm. and that's everything from the story of Jesus to the story of Luke Skywalker to Frodo Baggins and Lord of the like it's yeah. it's all it's, it's that combat, same yeah. and, it, and he this is what he was telling me whether you, you buy into this or not but he was like that's that's our journey like that's the journey we all go through and if we don't go through all those phases our life will feel incomplete right. and if we stick in one phase for too long you know we'll we won't feel like we've had a complete life so yeah. i mean I, I, this was like just a few days ago and i've been thinking about a lot since i've been like yeah. okay Son of a bitch made me really have to think about my, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, made, made me think, which is good. Hey, it is. It is. Like I said, you know, sometimes, you know, what we were touching on earlier, uh, you know, you forget, you know, for me at least, relating to what you're saying right now, going to the grocery store at daytime and seeing people there, I would forget that. I'm like, oh, shit, there's a whole world of there. So, like, to yeah. if I just stay in that one mode, which I was for a long time, like, you don't in, you don't see all the other possible right. you don't see everything else around you and that's yeah. kind of what I'm learning too man it's like there's so many things out there that we can get better at and there's so many this platform like do I want to be a restaurateur yes do do I necessarily think it's the only thing I could be at this point in my life no I think all the things that people wanted to see me be when I was younger I was just too restless like I I wanted to I wanted to consume too much yeah. of everything all yeah. at once and I got kind of good at everything but right. not really good at anything. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I wasn't like... Totally, dude. I just was... I was like, oh, I'm a rapper. Oh, I'm a DJ. Oh, um, I opened the limo company. Oh, I'm, you know, trying to start up this little business. Oh, I'm, you know, selling... No. <laughs> 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 uh, no. But, uh, you know, I did so many things. And, yeah, I mean, I, there was a point in my life where people were like, dude, you're an amazing rapper. Like, and I, like you should, like, try to get a deal. And I'm like... How the fuck do you do that? Can someone please, you know what I'm saying? There's no yeah. class for this shit. And then they're like, oh, you know, DJing. And I, I paid rent with that. And I did all that stuff. But I don't know. It just didn't pan out. And then finally I buckled down to this. So I started cooking. And it. That, anyway, so now after that whole long journey, now I'm sitting here and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I want to now revisit some of the. I'm not trying to be a rapper. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm now starting to see the potential of this platform and how to use it for greater good than to just stay in the restaurant. Like I, I think there's so much more good that we can do. And the good isn't, I mean, it, it's nice to put money in your pocket, but it also feels, I've currently found this out, it feels really good to know that you're putting money in other people's pockets. Yeah. Um, you know, those billionaire dreams of when I was whatever and like the rap star lifestyle and all that, that shit's not going to happen. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I'm, I never like to think negative, but it's not the point of it anymore. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I right. don't want that shit. I'm like, you know, I remember once an employee was like, hey, you know, I just bought my first home. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Like, do, do you have a, do, actually, I want to ask you about that. Do y'all have, I'll tell you why in a second, but do you have, like, what types of benefits? You mentioned 401k. Is that the kind of stuff that well, y'all are able it, to do yet? Because it's trying, hard when you're a small It, it really is. No, yeah, and I so, mean, I'll be very honest. Right now, we don't, I just found out some people are doing it and there's like some way to go about it. But I mean, I'm at the point now where, like I said, I'm, I'm, I want to talk to people in politics and stuff like that. I want to be like, hey, how, how can we help this better? Because, I mean, yeah, we can raise the minimum wage and all that stuff. But there's, yeah. I think there's deeper rooted things that need to start happening because mm-hmm. it is hard for a small business to provide, like, matching dollar 401k or, like, benefits for all your employees. Like, it starts cost, you know, it can kind of make or break your business, unfortunately. So, Well, the reason I asked you that is uh, 
few weeks ago, I was here talking to Scott Crawford. Yeah. He's like, man, I can't afford health insurance yet. I'm getting ready to open my third restaurant in Cary. I hope that maybe with three, maybe yeah. I can. And I've heard that so many times. And I was driving back. And I was like, what? I was driving back to Charlotte. I was like, this is bullshit. Like, what? That's such a big deal. And these yeah. independent restaurants who provide so much, so much value, yeah. more than I think most people recognize, so much value to the communities they're in. They don't have any buying power. And then I went, holy shit, we've got 7,200 restaurants using yeah. ScheduleFly. Do we have buying power? I don't know. Maybe we do. Maybe we could figure out a way to help negotiate some kind of you know health insurance buying power for our restaurants. And then I went, yes, but health insurance is so effed up and complicated yeah. and full of regulatory bullshit. It'll take years. Fine. I'll start working on that. No problem. Long-term goal. In the meantime, what else could we do? Yeah. So we're actually in the process literally right now over the last couple of weeks is something we're very excited about is trying to figure out what types of benefits could we use the buying power of our customer yeah. base to negotiate for y'all. So it, for, in 401k is one. I'm, yeah. it, it, it's like there's got to be, and if people are listening, like let us, like there's got to be companies out there that would go, 7,000 restaurants, 300,000 workers. Yeah, it's crazy. That use our software every day. Yeah. Why not? Why not go, I mean, who who would like to provide something meaningful for them? Let us know. Like, I, so we're, we're working on that yeah. kind of stuff right now. Honestly, that, that's fucking amazing that you say that because that's what I was getting at. It's like, you, you know, the, the restaurant game is funny. I think a lot of people think we're like uh, uh finance i don't know they think we're like bankers or something like they, they think we print money in these fucking places i'm like no, no man <laughs> like margins are small and everyone's getting money out of you i'll yeah. tell you that much yeah like everyone right so it's like like you said there's this many restaurants in the city and yet we there's all of us want kind of the same thing right like there's common things that we all want you know with, with aside from like success and all that stuff like there's like you know 401k insurance for our employees and like you said there's this many restaurants you know in a circuit like how how is that not you know, like the saying, like it takes a community to raise or whatever. Like, if the whole community got together, like, how can we not be respected enough? You know what I mean? Like, we're providing 100%. jobs yes. for people in the community. We're putting money. We're providing money back into the system. You know what I mean? We're like you're, spending. You're locally. innovating. You're 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 providing so much cultural diversity. You're doing. I mean, that's the one place where we can one yeah. place that we can go really, no matter age, uh, race, sex gender whatever you can go to a restaurant particularly the independent restaurants and you can congregate and you can be around people you wouldn't typically be around in any other aspect of your life and you're not on these keyboards venting anger and it's yeah. a place where you can go and just feel like at home and you can embrace that and independent restaurants become like the third home it's your home it's your job Absolutely. and it's your your local restaurant to me oscar if we Fuck, I'm going to run out of batteries here again. Well, okay, well, I'll wrap this up so that we don't right. get... But here's the thing, because I know you're busy too, but I feel like there's a lot of... Um, uh, Jeff at uh, Royale told me this recently. He's like, Will, I was telling him about this. He goes, I got people who don't even have... Like, they don't even have credit. Like, they yeah. don't even... He's like, I try to educate them on establishing credit. So, and, and so I started thinking, I was like, okay, if we can provide a way for people to, like, get a credit card. Yeah. Um, consolidate their, you know, so they can establish credit. And then some people need to consolidate or refinance their student loan debt. Yeah. Some people have a lot of credit card debt and they need to consolidate. If we can provide ways through companies that want to help 
young people be successful in their life and establish credit or you know, help themselves in their debt situation or get a 401k where they can save money and then they can take that 401k yep. balance and use that to buy a home. Now you're, now you're providing a path for people to have stability in their life. If they have stability in their life, they're a better employee, they're a better member of the community, they're a more profitable customer to Absolutely. the companies that provide these services, and we all win. It's, like, that's, it, our, that's what I want I, to achieve. And I, this is that, I guess this is me, I guess, I, me, we, all of us at ScheduleFly, we're all the same. Like maybe this is, I don't know, yeah. I didn't even think about it literally till just now, no. but this is kind of a platform maybe, uh, this, yeah, that, that point in life. Like, thank, thank God you're not head down, right? Like you, yes, you're, you're pulled right. out and now you're, you you're seeing from a yeah. higher, you're seeing a perspective from the actual place where you're at, not the perspective where you think you're at. Yeah. So when you sit, take a step back and say, hey, we can fucking do this. And then it's like, oh, and it feels good. You know, you have that, that idea. It's, it's a different thrill, you know, but I mean, I'm what you're saying. I'd sign me up. You know, I'll be the ambassador for that. I think this is, I, I do think it's going to take a lot of us to make this better. And my thing that I always say that kind of leads back to that is that I don't want to keep providing jobs anymore. I want to provide careers for people. Love it. And the thing is that a lot of us, take this as a job that becomes a career and it shouldn't be that way because it's like we don't know what's going to happen like it's oh you know but it's like it's this great place like there's like you said there's a lot of things that can happen here but if we can put a path to make these careers was like no i'm gonna go work in a restaurant i'm gonna do i'm work my way up i can get houses i can get 401k like it's legit this is like the wild west sometimes you know yep. these kids don't have credit or like you know i had horrible credit as well for a long time and a lot of it was even because i was working in this industry because it was so poorly paid so high hours and you just you're not normal anymore I had student loans I couldn't pay off. I had rent. I was living in cities that were really expensive. You know, there was a lot of shit that went into all this. So when I hear that, I'm like, I, you know, it was a great path for me. But at the same time, I would like to make it easier for other people because it would just help the whole industry. Like you said, it creates better employees if they know that they're going to be a part owner one day. If they're going to be this. Like, I want people it's to a, grow. It's a path. It doesn't need to be a stepping stone to something else. It doesn't yeah. mean, oh, I'm going to go work in a restaurant to help pay for college. It needs yeah. to be something where you go, maybe even... Well, I don't need to go to college. I'm yeah. going to go work in the restaurant business yeah. and I'm going to start at the bottom and I'm going to build myself up yeah. and I'm going to eventually own my own place. I think that's a effing great path yeah, in no, life. I, it really is. I agree. I, you know, I look at sports it's, a lot. And it's real and it's legitimate and you don't need, you know, some $300,000 degree to do yeah, that. To it, come you into need the restaurant anyway, yeah. hustle, teamwork, yeah. passion, optimism, grit, determination. Boom. You got all those? Bring it on. And, Let's and do it. I, and I've seen this industry change a lot of people for the good. You know, I, yeah. I, you get some people that came in, they were already in bad shape, that kind of just do the typical things that chefs do, like, you know. Yeah, a lot of drama, it'll happen. All that, whatever. But at the same time, I've seen a lot of people clean up their act. Uh, you know, a couple guys that work with me, I won't mention them because it's not, you know, I'm going to put them on blast, but a couple guys that work with me still to this day used to have real big problems. And I'd be like, look, man, like, you could be in charge of all this shit if you just stop with the bullshit. Yeah. And then one day he came up, he's like, I'm done with the bullshit. And then now he's go. in charge of everything. And he'll never go back. No. And he's, he, he thanks me. And I'm like, yo, you're fucking older than me. That's crazy, man. I'm glad I was able to do that for you. And it, it, those things feel fucking good, man. I used to want, like, you know, big chains and all that bullshit. And then now I'm like, man, what the fuck is that? That's the reward. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm like, this is crazy, man. Like, to feel, I've never known that. I never knew, like, I was always thinking about how to provide for myself. And now to know that you're actually helping other people provide for themselves. I want to get better at it. You know what I mean? I want, I want, that's the big baller. I want Money to be, I can't want to buy help. that feeling. No, I want yeah. to be the one that helps provide for my people. I want it to be a career path. I want, you know, I want to make things easier. You know, I want everyone to struggle. I want, not struggle, but I want everyone to work hard, but I, I want to make 
I want to make that hard work pay off yep. uh, for everybody, not just like a few people. You know, I want everybody to get their piece. You know, if, if we're all we're all hungry and we're all gonna eat. You know, we're all gonna eat together. So, man, before we uh, before this thing just cuts off on us, I'll uh, we'll wrap it. But dude, fucking thank you, man. Oh, we're so you. proud to serve you and your team here and Jose and Sons and. Uh, this has been so enlightening. So I appreciate it, man. No, I appreciate it. I, man, I, you know, I, I heard I had to come do a podcast. I'm like, all right, we'll talk some shit. But this got deep, you know, yeah, save dude. me a therapy session and everything. So yeah, I, yeah. I highly appreciate it. And like I said, what you were talking about, you know, let's you, do it. You guys are going for it. Yeah, let me know whatever I can. We're going to do it. Whatever it is, but let's, it should be a conversation at least, you know, had. And it's it's going to happen. Let's see where we can move that. All yeah. right, man. Hey, thank you very much. That's it, y'all. Right. Another episode soon. See ya. <laughs>